I I really felt that I had to do something about for football. It's a landmark moment here on Across the Line for us as we get an opportunity to speak with the Philippine Football Federation President Mariano Araneta, better known as Nono Araneta. In this conversation, we get a chance to really dig into his long-standing history with the game of football, uh, growing up in Brotac Nuevo, going to school in UP and uh, racking up 11 titles along the way, playing for the national team. And we also talk about his presidency, how it went about and his plans for the future, the challenges that he's faced and the current situation that we're in right now with COVID-19 stopping football operations all over the world and here in the Philippines. But there are things to be excited about and we get an opportunity to talk about everything on this show. So I hope you like it. I certainly enjoy the conversation. And if you do enjoy this chat, please do subscribe to the show on YouTube, Spotify, and on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to rate and review and to find us on social media for all the updates. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. Without further ado, it's Nono Araneta here on Across the Line. Good afternoon, Sir Nono. Welcome to Across the Line. How are you doing today? I'm fine, you know. It's the first day of the GCQ, so uh, some restrictions have been lifted. So, you know, it's uh, easier to move around. And uh, now um, we can play golf. (laughs) (laughs) That has been the biggest uh, positive for a lot of people. They've been waiting for that one for a long time, my father included. Yeah. Uh, so glad to have you on the show. Actually, this is the first time that I'm going to get an opportunity to speak with you. Um, although uh, we've been in around in the same community for the last 10 years, finally, we get a chance to chat. So this is yeah. an honor for me and for everyone here. Pleasure is my So first thing I wanted to ask you, right? Um, I, I've been doing a little bit of research on you and, and, and your career, and I, I've, I've been very impressed with... The, your capability to juggle so many different responsibilities, uh, not just today as president of the Philippine Football Federation and as uh, you know, a business owner, a family man. There's, there's seemingly more hours in the day for you than others. How do you manage to keep your energy level so high? Well, of course, uh, you have to uh, uh, get enough sleep. So six hours, so five to six hours is enough uh, at the moment, you know. And uh, that kind of uh, routine has been with me ever since I was playing because uh, most of the practices that we have was at 6 o'clock in the morning, very early, <laughs> when uh, there were no lights yet, uh, you know, on most uh, football fields, you know. So, and for my business, we have uh, people that are also running running it. Uh, so I'm just there if uh, if I'm really needed. So, uh, as in football also, you know, uh, in the PFF on a day-to-day basis, the chief operating officer is our general secretary who handles the day-to-day affairs of the federation. And uh, uh, we, we, uh, I go to the office, uh, you know, maybe three times a week and, uh, right now. But because of the lockdown, so I, I cannot go to the office. But uh, uh, given the time, so... You know, I, I we have an, a structure that uh, can run the organization, and uh, as in any organization, you know, uh, you empower the people, your people, to you know, your your staff or your or your officers to 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 uh, run the corporation uh, with your guidance. You know, 
as uh, for the uh, my job with the with the international uh, federation the fifa it's a our meeting is only every quarter and we usually also uh, communicate by email mm. and uh, but and at the moment we're we're not allowed to travel so it's more on the zoom meetings or even our congress in addis ababa will be is canceled in september it's going to be a virtual congress i don't know how the fifa will do it <laughs> strange times uh, yeah yeah for asian football uh, i'm also a member of the executive committee so our meetings are also every quarter and uh, and as chairman of the finance committee of the afc we meet uh, you know more or less five to six times a year and uh, i'm not in the operation you know i'm we're just there to to look at the policies that they want us to approve for the executive committee so i'm just busy probably at uh, before this you know just for let's say for finance finance the finance committee we usually have a workshop uh, let's say in november to discuss about the budgets but usually the budgets are already discussed for the next two or three years but before uh, but uh, nevertheless we also do uh, review every maybe in november if there are uh, budgets that we have to 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 approve again you know uh, that was not in the program of work of the afc so those are the things that i usually do and for the asean football federation the same you know every quarter meeting and uh, even for i'm a member also of the finance committee of the asean football so that's on a quarterly basis and mostly these meetings doesn't last for a day maybe two or three hours so you can fly in fly out where, uh, wherever the meeting is you know so, so you know it's different you know you have uh, people that are helping you you know you have uh, your colleagues to help you so that's that's maybe that's how uh, what's the situation is Oh, yeah. So just a matter of uh, compartmentaliza- uh, compartmentalization and making sure that you're abreast at all times, not so yes. much the day-to-day. I see. Yes, uh, communication is easy now. You know, you have the Viber, you have WhatsApp, you have everything, you have emails. So anytime of the day, you can be, you know, you can be rich. Now, when you were younger, as a football player, you were in a situation where you were juggling a lot of things where this time your maybe the time wasn't such a constraint before when you were a player as you said you know you had training in the morning but you were also playing two sports you're playing football and basketball and you're also taking a civil engineering course so there's a lot going on there how are you able to manage that <laughs> again you know like like uh, our football practice is in the morning and when i was a student in the up in up uh, usually the UAP season for basketball is in the first sem, mm. and the football season is the second sem. Except that uh, in the first sem we have, uh, I'm also a member of uh, a club team in football. So the practices in football in basketball is from four to six in the afternoon, and uh, I mean uh, four to six uh, for football in UP is four to six. And then after that, you go to the gym to practice basketball six to eight. So it's a four-hour practice. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> and uh, after that, you you still have to study. So you know you just have to be fit. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. How how were your grades? All in a month. well, uh, if you look, I, I don't want to discuss about my grades, but uh, <laughs> fortunately, I was able to finish my studies. No, not on a, in a five year term, but um, more or less uh, more than five years. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it was a glittering career. You had yeah, uh, it, was, it was great, you know. Yeah, three but titles in football. Is that correct? Three titles in football. And what about in basketball? Did you guys also win? I know, uh, win titles. No, in the no, UAP? no, no. UP, we only won in 1986 when I wasn't a player anymore. <laughs> but I was a member of the coaching staff in the 86 of UP. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So With Yolipa, yeah, yeah. You coached also basketball. I did not know that. Yeah, I, I coached one game only because uh, Jolie Pa and Mon Bernabe, who were the who was the coach and assistant coach, were in in I think in Korea for the Asian Games. Ah. So I coached one one game. I think that was our last game against Adamson, <laughs> and fortunately we won. So and we qualified for the finals. <laughs> oh wow, wow, that's quite an achievement. Um, so yeah. you were also playing club football. Was this during? Be- I know while before. you were in college, also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before, yeah, yeah. But uh, in in our football, uh, like say like UP, if you have practice in the clubs in the morning, usually club practice in the morning, then our coach doesn't allow. You know, we only have to, uh, you know, join the scrimmage. No more physical conditioning because that's already done in the morning. Mm. So you know, he we adjust. So he he also adjusts our practices. Yeah. Even when I was also playing for the national team, you know, I feel a student at UP, I was playing for the national team. I practice also in the morning for the national team in football. So our coach also uh, adjusts. Yeah. It's incredible. You're involved in, in just about every level of football there. Um, in the club team, you played for three different clubs and you won eight titles. Yeah, for I think for uh, UTEX one. Yeah. CDCP one and for Air Force six times, I think. <laughs> what was the setup national, like yeah. for, for the National Football League? Uh, just so that I can paint a picture in my mind of what it was like. How many teams were involved and what was the scope of the competition? Well, there were here in Metro Manila, uh, there were about oh, seven teams. Seven teams? No. Uh, all the houses, and we have the San Miguel. We had San Miguel Corporation. We have Irazon. Uh, what were the other teams? Uh, of course, uh, UTEC was there. And uh, so that's uh, seven and, uh, uh, here in Metro Manila. And the, uh, we have the we have the Metro Manila League. We have the Cup, and then the champion of the Metro Manila League represents the national. Metro Manila in the National League competition. Oh, wow. So there are leagues also also in the beside. Ah. These are all club teams, let's say, like a provincial team or a city team. No, it's not a club competition. So it was more of a uh, regional competition. Where in, in Metro Manila, the Champion of Metro Manila represents Metro Manila to play mm-hmm. against Bacolod, get to play against Davao, 
Iligan, Dumaguete, Iloilo, nice. uh, Baguio. So, uh, you know, yeah. So when you, when you play the but National League... But it was more... Sorry, how many games would you play uh, throughout the season, would you say? Uh, well, here in Metro Manila, it was a single round Robin, so maybe here 18 to 7 games. In the, in the main competition, which is the National League, there will be semifinals and finals. That's the format. So maybe in the league, it's only about well, 15 games. Mm-hmm. You know, or you know, something like that. Yeah. Oh, wow, still get, still getting exposed to so, all regions as well. That's that's international nice. competitions. But mm-hmm. in Metro Manila, we had several competitions. I think we had three. You know, there's a open, there's a league, or something. Yeah. Oh, so busy, busy season, huh? Yeah, NCR. Yeah, that time. And we only play in USD or that. Yeah. I see. So when you win eight titles, I, I, I'm I'm interested to know. Um, I'm not sure. Kung, You've been watching also The Last Dance, which has been so famous on Netflix recently. Um, Michael Jordan won six titles, but he wasn't a very good he wasn't a very good loser. Were you the same? You know, it's, it seems like you're just a perennial winner right? all throughout your college career, your club life. Um, when you're losing, what's you, what's your demeanor like? Well, you know, it's it's a it's a game that uh, anyone. Uh, it's a ball game. It's uh, the ball is round. You know, anyone can can win the competition. Uh, we had one before. We had one competition. We were in the in our first game. We beat our opponents. I think four nil. So we're so relaxed, and they beat us four nil the second game, <laughs> and they beat us in the in the penalty shootout. So, but you know, it's a game. So. And uh, during my ga- uh, my time with Utex, uh, we won. Uh, and then the second, I only I played for Utex. We won the National League. The next year, I transferred to CDCP because the practices for CDCP was in the evening. And I was working that time already. So it was more convenient for me to practice at night. No? So Utex practices in the morning. So I said, you know, I practice in UP. And my work was in Makati. <laughs> so I said, you know, I told the coach, you know, even even if I had to to take a salary, I mean, an allowance cut the time, you know, in UTEX we were paid already so much, but in CDCP when they started the the club, everyone was paid equally, oh. whether you, yeah, you're a bench warmer or you know you're a top scorer, everyone was paid equally. So in the first year, it was okay for me, you know, because for me, it didn't matter because I just wanted to be competitive, you know. I wanted to practice more, you know, for football. And the evening practice was very convenient for me because I live in Makati, so I work in Makati, and the practice was in Rizal Memorial. At the time, there's no traffic, you know. Right, right. But if I, I stay with Utex, oh my goodness, you know, you, you go to, to, your, to UP in the morning, from Makati, then you go back to Makati, report for work. So that was uh, very taxing, you know. So, and our first year with CDCP, we didn't win. In our second year, we won the National League. And then that's the time that there was a crisis, financial crisis. And then so 
I think 83 or 80, the start of 81, 81. There was, uh, you know, mm. uh, CDCP's uh, financial, uh, you know, standing wasn't good. So they disbanded the team and we were made as guest, uh, guest players of Air Force. So Air Force, we won six straight. So we didn't lose. <laughs> That's incredible. I retired, you And you were involved also in the national team, right? Uh, what, what position did you play? Well, locally, first I was playing center forward, you know, in the local competition in UP. And then uh, when I played for the national team, I started as center forward. Uh, and then later on, uh, the coach Cotillas told me, you're tall, you're tall for, your, for a player. We need, I, we, I need you more in the back than in the front because you don't receive the ball in the front. <laughs> We defend, we defend a lot. So I was uh, shifted from center forward. I became the libero. The time there was, uh, you know, there was a sweeper, what you call sweeper, yeah. the libero. So I, I, that was my position for the for long for a long time. And then later on, you know, as you mature, you look at the game, you know, more intelligently. So they put me in the midfield. The middle field, you know, to as a defensive middle field. Mm. So those were the positions I played. Which one did you enjoy the most? Well, I actually I enjoy the defensive middle field because you you tend to have a say in the to in the, the, the into dictating the tempo of the game. Mm. You know, libero, you tend to defend. You're the last defender, so mm. anyone. Goes so anyone who is there, you just cut him off, cut him off, or whatever you do, so that he will score. So, but in the in the defensive middle field, you tend to see the whole. Of course, in the libero, I see everything as man of the defense, except of course, then the, 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 the goalkeeper. Uh, but in the defensive middle field, uh, then you, you tend to go more to the offense as well, and in, in the defense, you know, you you you. You have a chance to move a little bit forward. You know, in the libero, you're only limited to a certain point. You know, because of course, if there's a counter, then the whole defense will suffer. Mm. Now, when you scored uh, your famous goal against Japan uh, from the from 40 yards out, what position were you playing? You were playing from the defensive midfield. I was the libero. <laughs> oh wow! As the libero, huh? you you were able to to hit. That famous goal, and that was for uh, the qualifiers to the Olympics, correct? Uh, the, yeah, no, qualify. Yeah, that was the qualification for the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Would Would you say that's your, that was your fondest moment in the national team? No, because we were we were clobbered. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. The scoreline wasn't flattering at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, had, I had some good games with the Southeast Asian Games. You know, our first. Southeast Asian Games in 1977. Well, we we beat Brunei, we drew with Indonesia, and we lost to Malaysia in our group. So you know that was more or less. You know, and we had in the Asian Cup, although we lost, uh, but uh, the margins were fighting. You know, we were not defensive. We were attacking as well. So those I like that 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 kind of play that we we're not just in the defense, but also attacking. You know. In that time, I was already playing uh, Asian Cup. I was already, uh, I was playing the um, uh, what's this? 
uh, defender, but no, no, middle field, the defensive middle field. So we had some good, good, uh, you know, uh, good games. You know, we lost to Syria two 0 We lost to Indonesia one 0 You know, we lost to Iran four one that time. I scored a penalty. <laughs> right. So. Those were the, you know, the, those are the games that I like because uh, you're not always on the defense. You have a chance to attack and you have a chance to score. You know? when, you, when you look at back at those days, did you ever imagine that we'd be playing AFC Cup, oh, sorry, Asian Cup now at the highest level of the Asian game today? Did you see that on the horizon back then? Uh, no, no, because that time we were, we were called Minos. <laughs> But uh, things are different now because we have uh, we have a lot of players that uh, are playing outside, you know, and with uh, Filipino blood. I, I, I tell you that uh, you know, uh, most of some countries, even China, are doing naturalization. But at the moment, we're not doing naturalization. Even Malaysia has, uh, I think, uh, they have one naturalized player now. Uh, but we. we we have players with really Filipino lineage. You know. At least they can be say they say that I'm part of the team that where my mother comes from or where my father comes from. Yeah. So how long was the career? All in all, how many years did you play? I I, I sorry, I cannot remember. <laughs> I don't remember how many. Yeah. At that time, you know, uh, we we didn't really have so many tournaments. Unlike now, there's a World Cup qualifier. There's a there's a Suzuki Cup. You know, there are friendlies. Mm. That time, you only get, of course, the Asian Cup. And that's only eight. Uh, if you are six to a group or four to a group, only three games or five games. Right. And then we, we usually go to the President's Cup, Mandeka Cup, all this cup. There's no, that time it was each country's tournament. Uh, so... Mm, if we don't get invited, then you don't get to play for one year. You don't get invited, so you have no cup for one year. Mm. But now, you know, there are FIFA friendlies. There, there are, you know, FIFA tournament, AFC tournaments. That's every year. You know, there are uh, FIFA dates that the national team plays. Right. In, I think in, in a year, I think there are how many dates? Uh, I think five months or Six months that there are FIFA dates and the national team plays, you know, twice uh, uh, every FIFA date. So that's about 12, 12 games. Aside from those games that are not put in the FIFA calendar or the AFC calendar, like the AFF calendar, ASEAN. So mm-hmm. you get a lot of time, you have a lot of time to play, you know, a lot of opportunities to play. I, I suppose you're, the, you're, you're a good person to ask this because you, you did play multiple sports. Right, so there. In terms of competition or love for competition, you're able to sample it in different many ways. But why football? Why, in particular, did you fall in love with football more than other sports? Well, uh, probably because of you know. Also, the if you look at the uh, way you play, you know, in basketball that time, you know. I was not a top player in in, in the collegiate or whatever. And of, course, of course, but I, I played for the for UP. I was the team captain, and then I was uh, taken by Mariwasa, Mariwasa Honda at that time. 
because the coach of Mariwasa Honda was my coach in UP, Felipe Fajardo. So he told me to join the Mariwasa Honda. At the time, there was a farm team who were allowed to practice. Mm. And then uh, he told, uh, and then I was uh, invited to play already for the Honda on the team. That was for the Invitational. That was 1975. Was that here in the Philippines? Here in the Philippines. Mariwasa uh, Honda. That time it was Mika. I see. No, there was no PBA. Ah. So. Yeah, yeah. There was those time, that time there were Mika, Eco, Mariwasa, I think San Miguel was there. That was the, um, it was the commercial league here in Metro Manila. And uh, this Toyota, the time was, there was Toyota. Mm-hmm. So 19, in 1974, I started playing for the university, 75. So the coach told me, I want to get you for Mariwasa. In that time, there was no drafting. There were no drafts because it's Mika. So what, they, what was done before was they have a farm team. So they give us salaries or allowances just to be in the farm team. But since my coach was coach of Mariwasa, so he, he always tells me, okay, come on, you go with me, you join me the practice. So that uh, in case there's a tournament and you're ready, you can play with us. So that time... Uh, 1975, there was a Mika Invitational. So I was already part of the team. He told me, okay, you're part of the team already. You can play already for the main team, for the first team. And I had my uniform, you know, Honda uniform. So I was so proud. Oh, my goodness. I'm playing for the commercial uh, team, like that. Then just before the start of the uh, Invitational, they canceled the Invitational because they wanted to start the PBA. Oh, no. 75. So, that time, the Mariwasa team, you know, June Papa was there, Epoy Alcantara, those, yeah, legend before, Ernie De Leon, who, who used to referee now in the, who was one of the referees in the PBA. Our import was Cisco Oliver. So, I still remember all my teammates, like, uh, Hubert Filipinas. <laughs> And we had one, one player, Luke Bakula. He changed his name to Luke Dator. <laughs> <laughs> so, that time, you know. But, uh, so, switch to PBA. So, my coach told me, Feli, uh, you know, the, uh, the late Feli Pari was a great coach, asked me, oh, you want to turn pro? So, I said, no, 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 no. I said, no, 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 coach. I want to finish my engineering. Mm. I said, I want to finish my studies. So I just decided to play now football. And uh, of course, I still played for the university. And uh, after that, when I graduated, so I, I was working in Makati. I joined the CDCP group, uh, you know, the, uh, the corporate, corporate planning. And I was playing for uh, inter-CDCP. You know, we have the, you know, the a company-wide uh, basketball tournament. And we had a, actually, we had a PBA team at that time. Oh, wow. A CDCP team. And we were playing in the competition, the CDCP competition. The coach of uh, PBA, uh, CDCP, Nick Jorge, who knows me because he's a UP player there before also and he coached for PSBA. And he, we always play against PSBA, UP, PSBA. So I played and show, he said... He, 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 he had seen me and said, oh, you joined our PBA team. 
So you still made it to the pros. I said, okay. So I practiced with them. And I was in the roster, but uh, I realized that, you know, in the PBA, uh, you cannot work anymore in, in the com- company because I practice was twice, twice a day. So my work, I had to forego my work, but I said, you know, I like my work. And I don't think that uh, I'll go far in the PBA. <laughs> so you uh, like both sports equally. It's just a matter of yeah, yeah. football was more. I said, I go far in the PBA. I said, no, okay. I don't want to sign a contract. And that was my biggest mistake, actually. You know why, Jing? <laughs> why? Uh, it was a three-year contract. But after the first year, if I signed it, after the first year, the team was again disbanded because of the financial situation. I could have received my salary for, for three years. <laughs> anyway, you know, uh, so I decided to just stick to football and my work. I see. You know, you know that's how it came to, to be, you know. So you, you're just a sporting man from the very beginning. I mean, you were born in Barotak Nuevo, which is largely considered where, you know, uh, the, the football capital of the Philippines. So many great players come out of Barotak Nuevo. And um, I'm sure Uso Uso Seño is just playing every day football. I mean, it's very famous over there. Was it, was it the same way during your time? Yeah, elementary. I was in elementary after, every, after school. We just play five by side. Our goal was our slippers because we were not wearing shoes in the no uniform. Just wear your slippers and go to school. So we make a goal out of our slippers. Then we just play five by five, five against five, and that's I, every day. I was always so curious. Bakit in Barotak Nuevo, in particular, football was so famous. Do you know the history behind that? Well, uh, you know, uh, they say that. The month um, there were some players here in Metro Manila, you know, that uh, were playing in UST uh, during the Spanish, you know, Spanish Spanish time or something like that, and they for football to Barota. So right. that's how you know it. It just it was just a sport because at the time there was no basketball, just football. You know, uh, only when the Americans came or you know and became famous, but at uh, that time football. I was uh, already played there, and uh, and we have Spanish school, schools in, in Iloilo, like uh, San Agustin, you know, the, the Agustinians. Mm-hmm. So football was also their, their sport. So some players were, like, uh, like my father, he studied in San Agustin, he was playing football. And, so, and it came to the point that the armed forces... Were rec- during the time before, long before, the armed forces were recruiting players already in football. So there was a lot of uh, football players from Barotak that were recruited by the armed forces, uh, Air Force, you know, Army. That time, the Army team was maybe 80% Barotak from Barotak. So, and every, I was growing, I was six years old, maybe I was seven years old, I was growing up, and every fiesta. You know, we have a town fiesta on June 13. Every, before the town fiesta, maybe uh, two weeks before the town fiesta, we have a tournament which army, all the army players come, Air Force players, Navy players. We have the selection from Barota or all their, you know, elder brothers or uncles. 
And we used to watch that. So every year, that's the, you know, the, that's what's happening. A tournament before the fiesta. And then for us, when we were as uh, midgets, we were called midgets before, we have a tournament, a summer tournament. We have a December tournament. So we have football all year round. You know. I see. If not, then we play in the schools, like that. and we play against. So it became so popular you know, that uh, one time I was in the national team. I think seven of us were from Barota. So, so the competition, huh? the competition was the one that, yeah, that kind of yeah. drove the, uh, the level of play. So when yeah. those big tournaments came around, uh, June and then at the end of the year, how often were there fights? Were there? Because it's always so intense. The physicality, grave. Because the crowd also. The crowd is so intense. You know? The crowd will boo you or will curse you if you don't play well. <laughs> so it's a culture. Huh? I, I I love it. You know, um, um, Kame, in, in, in Kaya, of course, um, we have Joven Bedek on the team. Oh, yeah, He's Joven. from Barotak Nuevo. And he tells us of some great stories with Zila Chifi Kaligdong back in the day, mm. um, um, counting wager uh, on the games, you know. And then it always gets so intense, even if it's just a casual, casual yeah. game with nothing on the line. Pick up game in the afternoon, you know. Impusahan suhutan lang, you know. <laughs> Once you score a goal, the other team will, you know, suhutan, suhutan, lang. <laughs> but a lot of people are watching, even if it's just a pick up game, you know. So you're right. inspired to play. It's really a crowd also that inspires you, and the Barota crowd really knows what football is all about. Uh, I remember Cotillas was there, you know. Uh, he, because at uh, that time when my father was the mayor, we had a national tournament in Barotak, National League. Uh, Barotak hosted the uh, national competitions before. So, you know, we had uh, uh, the crowd. Uh, you can just imagine the whole town plaza was full of people. You know? or even people in the belfry, huh? in the, where the bells of the church is. Oh, wow. Watching. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the, the crowd, they're so passionate about football. That time, yeah. But now, I don't know uh, what's happening, you know. Maybe it's not as, uh, because there are so many distractions now for the kids. Yeah. In Barotak Nuevo, is it not the same at the moment? Well, uh, well it's still, it's, still, uh, uh, you know, there's still football in Barota, but uh, we haven't been winning competitions now. Mm. Unlike before, you know, it was really uh, the competitions in, in Barota at the time, even it's only in the, what we call the poblacion, the town uh, perimeter, you know, oh, there's no barangay yet, no, the time, no, only the, the, the game was played in the town. And we had seven or eight teams in the town itself. One street is one team or something like that. Wow. Yeah. And we had the midgets, we had the juniors, with the seniors. So all categories at the time. But now, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's, uh, there's basketball. There's, uh, of course, there's a lot of distraction from the kids. There's a computer. There's all these <laughs> games. 
So the passion is not there uh, anymore. I know. I mean, the passion has waned, you know. But uh, still, Barotak is still famous for football. Yeah. Uh, how do you think we'll go about revitalizing things like this? You know, um, stoking up the passion again for the game, especially in places like Barotak, but also around the Philippines. How do you think uh, that will come about? Well, the key really is the LGUs, you know, the local government unit. If they're passionate, if they're really, they want sports to flourish, then the LGU can do something. You know, like, they say, like, for Barota. Before, during summer, let's say after school, uh, after uh, the end of classes, uh, March, March to June, we had tournaments. No, all age groups. Okay, not only football. We had baseball. We had oh. basketball. Yeah. So it's really a sporting event for how many months? From March, April, May, June. Four months is a sporting event. Every afternoon, you know, in the plaza, there's an event. In the morning, there's baseball. In the afternoon. And there's basketball, uh, I mean, the football and basketball. So the the whole town is, you know, geared to and sports. Right. And December, we have a tournament again. November, December. So you have all the opportunity to play. Now, even sometimes I, I they tell me, oh, Sam, we have no league now, you know, it's barangay only. That now it's, it's, it's you know, they, they, can expand the game, the sport, because even the barangays now are playing. Before, the barangays are only playing basketball and baseball, football. Yeah. Only the town upper is playing football. Now, everyone plays football. In the barangays, there's football. So if you really provide the opportunity or a tournament or a league on a regular basis, then you can revive really football. Yeah. Mm. And revive not only football, but sports, you know, I say that thing that, you know, uh, even now, you know, we have lost our, our maybe for our passion for sports because in the elementary or what's PE, yeah. uh, in the public uh, education, we only have 30 minutes of PE. Really? It's a 30 minutes? Yeah. What? Oh, no. How can you, how can you develop sports? How can you develop sports? That's terrible. So that's what, you know, sporting culture is not there. Yeah. You know? The children now may more or less play stations or like that than play in the sport because you know, they don't have the opportunity to play on a regular basis in schools. Yeah. Huh. I did not know that. Wow, that's that's very interesting. You know, definitely something that needs to be looked at. I mean, uh, it's, not only, it's not only about football, Jing, but it's about sports. You know, yeah. That's why you had a summit. I think last year, we had a summit with the PSC or, or something like that, and that was. I said, how oh, can we? Uh, we have a culture of sports. If even in our elementary, even public education, it's, it's only thirty minutes. That's interesting because 
um, we're seeing a drop in levels of attendance. I'm, I'm watching also, you know, like the PBA, even in a big semifinal game, maybe if it's not Tenebra, the place is not even half, maybe not even a quarter for the arenas, you know? So um, while football's attendance might be down, I'm seeing it across the board. So maybe perhaps things of this nature are, are contributing to the fact that uh, uh, not a lot of people want to watch these games anymore because the sporting culture has diminished. Yeah, the internet is not there because you know, like if you're a, if you're a kid, if you play the sport, then your interest is there. But if there's no chance for yeah. you, not all the kids are given the chance to play. So you know, I'm not interested to to watch it if I don't play it. <laughs> or something like that. Makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> that, that that's definitely something that needs to be addressed. I, and I guess you're right. The LGUs could be an interesting um, way to to reignite sort of the passion if we can find ways to create competitions and reasons for kids to get involved in these games. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I wanted. Yeah, Jing, come on. Sorry, uh, ahead, the Jing. connection was a little bit uh, um, spotty there. But I wanted to move on a little bit into your uh, your presidency. Right. I mean, obviously, you had a glittering career, fantastic career as a player, um, a collegiate national team, went on uh, to even coach the national team at some point. But when we fast forward to 2010, as most people will know you as the president of the PFF, how did that come about? What was the motivation for you to, to run as a president of the Philippine Football Federation? <laughs> it's a long story, Jing. Do you, have a, do you have a short uh, version? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've been uh, encouraged to run even, even before 2010. Uh, during the time of uh, Rene Dad, they told me, no, you run, uh, I'll support you. But I said, no, no, I'm still, uh, you know, I still have a lot to do in, uh, as far as my business is concerned. And I just want to be part of the advisory council. And... Uh, after so Gianni Romaldis became president, and after Gianni, I I was also contemplating running, but I decided uh, to to withdraw because you know some, some for personal reasons, and so I supported Mari, but unfortunately the time there was some after that uh, the federation was in a sh- in shambles, you know, so as part of the uh, as part of the uh, was this board of governors and. And uh, in 2000, that's what that's why in 2010, I I was I was really forced to to put myself already there uh, because I saw what was happening in the PFF. Uh, you know, Jing, when I took over, the money of the PFF was I think 150 US dollars in bank account. Oh wow. <laughs> Wow. So anyway, that's uh, water under the bridge, but, uh, and we had to do something, you know. Uh, you know, I cannot leave my, I cannot leave football. You know? uh, all these things, even in my business, started because of my football connections, you know, with help from my football connections. So, uh, without football, I would have not been like this, maybe, you know, at the moment with my own business and, you know, uh, in a comfortable house. But, you know, so I, I really felt that I had to do something about for football. So 
I was egged to 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 run and to and uh, but that time there was no election yet. But um, I think 31 members were really already not so happy with the way the federation was being run because we had some. No, I mean I don't want to mention MN anymore anything, but uh, uh, that it was time to change for change. So they decided to uh, nominate me to be president. We we had a vote of no confidence, and then after that they nominated me, and I got 31 with two abstentions. So I was lucky because that time that was I think October and November, no. When yeah. I took over. Yeah. And then we drew against Singapore, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the time. And beat and Vietnam. Then, and then there was some... I was... My being president was questioned by uh, the president of the Asian Football Confederation. The time was Bin Hamam. He didn't like the idea that I was the, pre I was the president, the new president. So... He had to do some things, not to for FIFA, not for for FIFA not to recognize me, but uh, the election was uh, above board. We had a audio recording, video recording of all the proceedings, and you know, and even you know, uh, everything was in uh, was in, uh, in the minister meeting. So why? So FIFA said. That because of the influence of Bin Hamam, who was also part of the Executive Council of FIFA at the time, FIFA said status quo. Huh? Mm. So, but I said, you know, for me, I think POC already recognized me as the president of the NSA. And what we did was really wrote to FIFA, submitted everything. You know, all the recordings, all the proceedings of, of the election. And we gave it to FIFA. And on the night that we were, you know, the, that night that we were preparing everything in my house, here in my house, Philippines beat, beat Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> so that everything just for, fell into places. Yep. And even the players were already... You know, they already recognized me as president. When I went to Indonesia for the semifinals, I wasn't recognized yet by the Asian Football Federation. But FIFA, I wasn't recognized by FIFA, but I was invited to go there. I see. So, so the players were telling, told me, no, sir, you go with us in the bus because you are our president. So... Must no, it must have been a great experience that one. Uh, it was really, you know, that the players really were supporting me. And December that year, FIFA said already issued that uh, already found out, and they said, "You are the president. We recognize you." And the first thing, the first country that recognized me actually, that sent a representative here in Manila to congratulate me was Japan. Because I was very close to uh, uh, Junji, Junji, the FIFA council member. Anyway, I was the only council member in, the, in Asia that was supporting me. Thailand, Viet, uh, Qatar, 
Muhammad uh, bin Hamam in Korea were not supporting me. But uh, nevertheless, FIFA saw the light of the proceedings that it was all legal. So uh, finally, in in the in January of 2011 was the election in AFC. I was uh, supposed to attend the AFC Congress. You know, I got my visa from Qatar three days before Congress. <laughs> <laughs> Boss, finally, when I, when I arrived there, Binamam, you know, he saw me in the lobby. He said, he apologized. He said, oh, my brother, I'm sorry. I've been mean to you. That was his word. I've been mean to you, but You know, I I I supported my friend who was the former president, and I'm sorry that uh, I, I I did that, and I didn't know that uh, what was really happening in your country. So I said, let uh, can we let bygones be bygones? I said, no, no problem, Mr. President. I said, my election has got nothing because they thought that the election in the Philippines was connected to the election in the AFC. Mm. You know, votes, you know, all these votes, but I said no. Our election day in in Philippines was got nothing to do with the election here. So and then realized that everything went well. So they support that supported us. So that was the miracle in Hanoi, Hanoi. So everything went well. You know, I was I you know it's providential that <laughs> when the time that I step in, football became so popular. So it was at the at the beginning it was easier for me, easier, of course, you know, because It's the momentum football, you know. So that's how it started, really. Ding. Yeah, that that's a perfect timing, perfect storm, so to yeah. speak. You, uh, what happened there? But now you're at the uh, at the helm uh, of the PFF. Obviously, there was a lot of controversy surrounding the previous administration. What, what was the biggest challenge for you that you faced um, upon acquiring that role? Well, the biggest challenge was finance. You know? Uh, and how to to uh, you know to run the organization without money? <laughs> how did you do that? For a while we uh, were advancing the money you know, mm. until uh, for a while we were advancing the money, and I was lucky also that after that, then FIFA decided to have all this FIFA Forward program. AFC decided to have this because the an AFF ASEAN Football Federation at the Suzuki Cup, and mm-hmm. decided to give in administration money, EFC also. So we had now the money to run the administration and the organization. So that, that really solved the problem. You know, it's, it's really timing, you know. When you needed it, uh, you, you know, it was there coming. So it was, yeah. it's, I mean, you know, it's God's will. It's God's help. Gotcha. Everything in the right time, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I got a question. If 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 you could close your eyes and and remove all the factors involved in Philippine football at the moment, and you could just envision what it would be like if it was your perfect uh, picture of what Philippine football could be, what would it look like to you? What would what would encompass the The landscape of Philippine football, if you could have your way completely. Well, we have a league in every uh, province. You know, uh, we have uh, not only the 
the provincial leagues, but also school leagues, you know, uh, that will, it's a youth league, you know, and a, we have the under 15, 17, under 19 league, national league, and a stable professional league. Yeah. That will be the perfect, you know, uh, scenario for football here. And of course, crowd, <laughs> a lot of crowd. <laughs> That's crucial. Yeah. And of course, the national team. Well, yeah. How do you foresee things for them? Uh, doing well. Well. Has there uh, been winning anything? one, winning one uh, trophy. <laughs> Suzuki Cup, Asian Cup, anything. As long as we start with one yes. trophy. Come again, Jing. Uh, uh, Asian Cup, AFC Cup. Oh, sorry, Asian Cup, uh, uh, Suzuki Cup. Let's start with Suzuki Cup. One time up at a time. Uh, has there you? You're now in an unprecedented third term as the president of the PFF. Has there been anything surprising for you over the course of your tenure? Well, you know, uh, it's just uh, sometimes it's just frustrating, no? that uh, we don't got, get enough uh, uh, support from the government, you know, as far as, uh, of course, uh, PSC, we get, you know, uh, what we call uh, support, but it's not enough, you know, because they say, oh, you have a lot of funding from your, from your uh, uh, federations. Uh, so just surprise you also that not a lot of companies are, uh, supporting really sports, not only football, maybe there's volleyball, there's sporting volleyball, but not football. Mm. Uh, we're in, you know, all over the world, companies are scrambling to to get a slice of the World Cup, get a slice of the Asian Cup, you know, or the slice of the sponsorship. And uh, uh, that's what we want to see in the future, that uh, more companies probably will... Uh, will uh, support uh, uh, football and uh, we hope that with the Qatar Airways coming in the uh, the other companies locally will also see the light that uh, you know football is the number one spectator sport in the world and uh, Filipinos are you know are are built is really for football and uh, if given the, uh, enough support then we can produce good football players and we have football players who are with Filipino lineage are playing worldwide in leagues abroad, like Neil, you know, all these things that can really make our national team a strong team. You know, yeah. I saw the uh, game of Paderborn the, yeah, last night, uh, Bundesliga. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, Paderborn against uh, Dortmund, yeah? I just watched the first half. And Jerry Holtman... He's 25 years old, number yep. 33, left winger. His mother is Filipina. How did he play? How was he? Oh, he was, he was, you know, he was a good player. He's a good player. You know, he, he, you know, in the, you're in the first team of a Bundesliga first division <laughs> team. So you must. Have, so you know, we have all these players that are, you know, that are playing there. That if we have strong support for our national team and for our professional team for our amateur leagues, then really football will really flourish, you know. 
You know, you're talking about, you know, in a, in a, in a game, you have 22 players. So 22 active uh, human being, persons, you know, mm -hmm. playing at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so would you say that's the biggest challenge at the moment, being able to drive commercial support for, for football right now? Yes, that's our biggest challenge, you know, marketing probably, you know. And, uh, of course, uh, because of the whole situation with this pandemic, then it's uh, added a little bit more strain to that challenge. Yes. Um, Especially with uh, our league is uh, not, is, uh, uh, is, uh, has been stopped right now, has not started. But, uh, Jing, we submitted the protocols yesterday, uh, last Saturday to GAB, and they're supposed to present the, our safety protocols to IATF today. To we you know for a proposal to for the clubs to start training. So hopefully, ridiculous. yeah, I don't know what will uh, I how I I IATF will look at it, but uh, we're praying that they look at it favorably and allow the teams to start training. You know, we have some safety protocols already in place, and uh, we say that uh, the training sessions will only be in Carmona. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Gab under the, the, the leadership of Chairman Mitra yes, is very supportive of us. He even called me last Friday. He said, "No, where's the protocol? I'm supposed to submit it to IATF." <laughs> <laughs> It's good to see they're following up. Yeah, and I hope that they will allow football to start practicing, and so the other sports can also, you know, and uh, start. And uh, last week, I think we had a meeting with seven. NSAs, uh, basketball, rugby, uh, gymnastics, uh, volleyball. Uh, what else? Uh, I forgot. Uh, so we had a meeting. Uh, karate was there. You know, and uh, we just exchanged notes, actually. And we told them that, you know, we're preparing our protocols. And FIFA had, you know, they came out also with the risk assessments before the start. So we incorporated that in our uh, safety protocols. And right. hopefully in uh, Vietnam. Have you heard the news in Vietnam? Oh, I saw the They're crowd. Playing to a huh? No social distancing. It's in the stadium. I It's saw, like I saw. <laughs> Crazy. Over like yeah. over 10,000 so in the crowd. Hopefully with that, with that, then, yeah. So with that, hopefully we can start the league. And, uh, well, I, I'm not surprised if uh, it's going to still be going to be a, it's going to be hard to get corporate sponsors at this point in time. You know, uh, we're just happy that they, that LBC is there <laughs> supporting Kaya. Yeah. <laughs> so, and the other companies. So, Hopefully that uh, maybe next year it will be better, you know, with uh, Qatar Airways coming in, you know, for a three-year contract. And uh, we, if we get, we have, I, I hope that uh, the sponsor for the national team, the sponsor for the national team will push through, even with this, uh, with, with this lockdown. Uh, hopefully the principal We'll uh, still continue, and uh, we have a lot of plans. And uh, 
a lot of players are in the pipeline also who are interested to play. Mm-hmm. So even not not for this uh, World Cup qualifier, but for the Asian Cup qualifier, hopefully we'll get better players, you know, for the national team. Yeah. Oh, we actually and we started. Uh, uh, oh, Jing, we have started with ADT, you know. Yes. Yes. The development team. Under twenty-two, join the league. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's where the future Ascals will come from. Also. We actually Local. had uh, Scott Cooper on uh, across yeah. the line not too long ago, and uh, we got an opportunity to talk about all of these players in the pipeline and homegrown players as well that he's very excited about. And personally, I was very excited to see ADT play in the league, as um, yeah. it would be an opportunity for a lot of casual fans to get on board with the league as well. Uh, of course, they get a chance to measure and get a gauge of just how good teams like Stallion are. Or just how good teams like Ceres and and Kaya are—they have a basis for that uh, by watching the ADT. Yeah, so we're, we're really supporting the PFF, supporting the ADT. You know, yeah. in my own capacity, I'm supporting it. We're done. Yeah. So right now, what are you most excited about? Obviously, there these are the challenges in place. But what are you excited about looking forward for the PFF well, and Philippine football? At the moment, I'm excited in starting the league. <laughs> Everybody's no. got their fingers crossed. Start, start the training first. You know, we say, uh, please allow us to train for one month. You know, and if we there's no case, then maybe we can start the league. Okay. Uh, of course, we're looking forward to the Suzuki Cup in November. Right. Uh, and then we have our World Cup qualifier. In October, in November, and mm-hmm. if things are not yet, you know, if they still don't allow us to play here in the Philippines, then we can play in a neutral venue because we have two home games. <laughs> we have Guam and Maldives, and away our away game, which is the last, I think, is China. Yep, in China, so we still have three games. So these are the things that we have to look forward to, and of course, if they will allow football to be played again in not only in Metro Manila, but in the provinces. We have in the pipeline also the under-17, under-15, and under-13. So these are the youth tournaments that we're supposed to start this year. But unfortunately, we didn't start. So, and Scott is aware of this. And so I told Scott, as soon as we can travel, then we'll have a football conference in, the, in Mindanao to tell them what's in, in store for the PFF in the next four years. You know, what's our technical direction? What's the direction for the national team? And then it has to be attended by the FA presidents and coaches that they will recommend to be part of the training, the, this pool of players in the future, so that they will understand the philosophy that we want to, uh, you know, to instill in the players in the coaches. So these are in the pipeline. So I'm excited about these things that are going to happen because, uh, you know, it's now on a con- we have to consult the local FAs because, you know, we need their inputs on these new programs of the PFF. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, these are conversations that we're having all the time on the podcast with individuals who are very excited about the potential of a long-term sort of goal 
uh, more of a long-term approach to how we're going to play the game and how where we're going to be five years down the road. So all of these things that you're telling me, uh, this is great news for me and uh, great developments to, to hear about. Yeah. So also, of course, the support for our women's football is there. Mm. You know, we have a women's league. Yes. And then they're supposed to host the ASEAN Women's Championship. <laughs> Unfortunately, this year. Um, yeah, so, you know, we, we, we have to be the support for women's football. And uh, I say that uh, it's just unfortunate that we lost one player. <laughs> You know, yeah. be, be alone, Luna, and we pray for the repose of her soul. You know, and uh, our, our, you know, our sympathies are with the, with her parents. You know, with the family. Extremely tragic news. Just 16 years of age. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, uh, so many things uh, in the pipeline. Hopefully, um, this pandemic um, will subside sooner rather than later. We can all get back to some sort of regular programming. But um, it's been incredible uh, speaking with you and getting an opportunity to to rehash and reminisce. One on more your... thing, thing, I'm also excited to start a new building, the new headquarters. Oh, is there? Is there a new we building? Have plans, we have we have the plans already prepared. We have the lot, but because of the lockdown, the you know AFC is uh, uh, financing the purchase of the lot. So now we're just waiting for AFC to to uh, send the money to for the lot purchase in Carmona. Uh-huh. It's a four thousand square meter property. So the the building plans uh, I already approved it, and uh, the the construction of the building will come from a FIFA forward program, which we haven't utilized the the part of the infrastructure. So I'm excited to you know for to start the new headquarters of uh, PFF, wherein uh, it will house our also not only our headquarters, but also our dormitories for men and women, boys and girls. Yeah. And the training center is there already. So, uh, so uh, the lights are there. It just have to be you know energetic. <laughs> so everything is doing you know i mean going into plan as planned you know that uh, we'll have the maybe in the future we'll have most of the things there with the national team pool in carmona with the lights with the dormitory so we really can you know do do a lot in the facilities when do you foresee that uh finishing well uh if uh, afc will release the funding now this june then uh, we can start the bidding. The plans uh, are already being finalized. Hopefully, it will be done also this June. Well, we start uh, July or August, and uh, maybe next December we'll be in a new headquarters. Oh, wow. That fast. Uh, 2021, we might have... Yeah, it's it's uh, a four-story building only. It's a four-story, but uh, the foundation is good up to six. You know, but uh, we'll just construct a four-story building. Okay. Things to be excited about on the Philippine football front. Sir Nodong, thank you so much for the time uh, and for joining us here on Across the Line. Uh, and personally for me, it's a pleasure to finally be able to meet you and, and, and chat with you like this. Uh, hopefully, we'll, hopefully we'll be able to, to speak in person in, in better conditions next time. All right, uh, Sir Nodong, thank you for the time again and uh, we'll see you next time. Okay, Jing, thank you. 
All right. Thank you, Sir Nono. If you enjoyed this conversation with the PFF president, please do subscribe to our YouTube, Spotify, and on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to find us on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram as well. And that's it for us here on Across the Line. We'll catch you next time.